you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you've been journaling with us through the book of Exodus, if you've been following our our, um, reading plan, you'll know we have last week's kind of skipped from Genesis to Exodus. And today we're going to, uh, it's really fascinating if you look at the life of Moses, and that's what we're doing today, from the book of Exodus. And I kind of titled this, and and I don't always give you the title, but at least it helps you frame where we're going. But three areas of personal struggle that will lead us to the voice of God. Last week we talked about pain and how God wants to be with us in the middle of our pain, and, and we walked through that a little bit, and but, but today, I, I really want us to look at that there's things in our lives that we struggle with as human beings that in many ways could either make us want to run away from God or feel like we're not worthy enough to serve God. But the very things that we struggle with are actually the things that will lead us closer to God's voice. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. I think many people, if I were to sum up what most people ask of me as a pastor, is like, how do I hear God's voice? Anybody want to hear God's voice? I think everybody wants to say, like, if we don't, then it means, like, then I'm not too sure why you're here. <laughs> but, but I think every one of us wants to hear God's voice, but a lot of us don't know how. And, and I've said time and time again, you want to know God's voice, know his word, But in many ways, I know some of you have said, I've been reading God's word, but it still doesn't feel like I'm hearing God's voice. God will use all kinds of circumstances in our lives to allow us to begin to hear his voice. But I'm concerned that sometimes when we look at mistakes in life or when we look at the struggles of our our humanity, that, that it somehow pulls us further away from God and as opposed to brings us closer to him. And I want to give us um, some encouragement today. Anybody here has made mistakes in life? (laughs) Uh, I bet you I beat you on those mistakes. You want to have a competition, how many mistakes we've made? No, we don't want to do that because every single one of you will probably be like, I'm winning. I'm winning on that one. But what if I told you those mistakes are actually the very things that help us get closer to God if we allow them? But my concern is this. I feel like God is wanting to talk to us, and, I, and I'm, I'm concerned that we're on this train that goes round and around in a mountain. How, how many people have kind of felt like, how did I get here again? How did I get here again? I thought I, wasn't, I was not going to get here again, but then the train just kind of like... And then it's like, stop. I'm back on that same train again. I don't want to get off this train. Today, I'm going to get you off the train. We're going to hop onto a new train. All aboard. Everybody say, all aboard. Okay, we're going to get on a different train, but we're going to get you on a train that gives you, takes you to new heights, greater fulfillment, more joy, a deeper sense of purpose, and a place where you can hear God's voice. Anybody want to get on that train? All right. So when we kind of said, okay, we hear God's voice, we go into these normal things. Okay, well, let's read the Bible more. Let's pray more. By the way, Kelly, thank you so much for that encouragement this morning. Uh, where's Kelly? There you go. So, so good. So good. 
live more generously. All those are great things, right? But we've tried that time and time again. I said, that's a part of it. But if you're still doing those things and you're still not hearing God's voice, I'm going to offer a different way to hear God's voice. See, I think sometimes it's think, we think about it as we got to live right. But can I tell you, it's not about how righteous you're living, but how righteous Jesus is who's living in you. I think we heard that today in worship. That it really is about Jesus. That he doesn't look at, he doesn't look at all of our stuff. Now we look at our stuff and that's the, that's the stuff that's the problem. Other people look at our stuff. But Jesus is not as concerned. Now he does call us to righteousness. But, but the interesting thing is um, he's called us into Jesus' righteousness. Not righteousness of our own. See, I love this. This is, this is very hopeful for us. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, says this. And you're so going to relate. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but the very thing I hate, that's the thing I do. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin who dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is my flesh. For I have the desire to do what's right, but I don't have the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do that I don't want to do. And it keeps on going on. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do, but sin who dwells in me. The do, do, I do. Do, do. See, basically, this is the wrestle that we have, right? We wrestle through our mistakes. We wrestle through, hey, I know what's expected of me. I know what probably is pleasing to God, and then I don't do it. Ah. And it puts us in this dilemma, and then we almost feel like God can't use me, or I can't hear God's voice. Why would God even want to talk to me when I've done that again? Again, remember the Bible says, seek first his kingdom of the, seek the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. And whose righteousness? His righteousness. Then all these things will be added. I got some good news for you and some bad news. The bad news is you're never going to be good enough. But that's also the good news. You're never going to be good enough. Because that's why we need a Savior. It's Jesus' righteousness. The work that he's done on the cross for us is the very thing that sets us free. And I want to set you free today. Now, the Bible doesn't say, well, go keep going on sinning. Go, go live the way you want. Uh, no, because you live that way and it's going to put bondage and hopelessness in your life. But let me tell you, the goal in life is not right living, but listening and responding to the voice of God. If we could capture this today, that it's not about living right, but moving to a place where we can hear God's voice and walking in obedience to it. So I like what Pastor Jorgen had to say. It's like, you know, I could get comfortable or I could listen to God's voice. And for all of us, I think we, we need to get to that place of saying, I don't want to just live right. I want to live where I'm hearing the voice of God speaking to me. 
All right, we're getting to Moses. I'm going to give you a little bit of a uh, survey from Genesis to Exodus. Genesis actually means beginnings, and Exodus means actually departure. So Genesis is actually a Hebrew word for beginnings. Exodus is a Hebrew word for departure. So by the way, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew originally, then it's been translated into uh, English and a lot of different uh, versions of that. I think some people, when they're like, what version do you read? And these are just translations of the English. I happen to use an ESV, English Standard Version. So here we go. Between Genesis and Exodus, between, remember, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob... God's promise to them, his covenantal relationship. And then there's 300 years from, uh, from uh, Joseph. So Joseph comes along. We talked about him last week. To then we have Moses, 300 years. Now remember, uh, so Joseph was a governor in Egypt. And uh, he, ha- he and his brothers and his family, Jacob, his dad came and lived in Egypt, and the Egyptians were very happy because they felt like they were going to prosper because they were part of this, uh, of this tribes or these clans. But the problem is, so remember Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Uh, the Israelites, which were also known as the Hebrews, the Hebrews grew in number so much that God blessed them that now the Egyptians were a little concerned that they might get overthrown by these Hebrews. So what they do is they start to, um, they start, the Pharaoh wants to oppress them. So he's making them do hard labor. Um, he's making them, you know, in essence, slaves. He also made a decree that all the midwives were to kill the firstborn babies. How do you like that? You're of the Hebrew clan and all the midwives are told by decree, all the firstborn males were to die. That wasn't enough, and so then they said, hey, we need to throw all the firstborn babies or all the male babies into the river. We got to suppress this population some way. And um, they throw the babies in, but there's, there's one baby that gets saved. His name's Moses. And the Pharaoh at the time was uh, uh, Thutmose. Thutmose I was the Pharaoh at that time, and his daughter finds Moses in a basket. Well, there she raises him as his own, and here Moses is the prince of Egypt for 40 years. Isn't it interesting? He's a Hebrew child, rescued, now he's a prince. This is where uh, where things go bad for him, though. Then Moses murders an Egyptian. He tries to bury him in the sand, covers him up. Then some Hebrews, uh, fellow Hebrews, are arguing, and Moses comes in the middle of that conversation. It's like, are you going to kill us too, like you killed that Egyptian? By the way, sin, sin is always found out, by the way. <laughs> Don't think you can hide. Then he runs for his life. There's a warrant for his, not arrest, for his death, his death sentence on him. And he runs to the desert, the Midian wilderness, and he becomes a shepherd for 40 more years. Prince of Egypt, 40 years. In the desert, 40 years. He marries his wife, Zipporah. Now, I'm giving you this context because I'm going to unravel some parts of Moses' life. Then we know God meets him after 80 years in a burning bush and speaks to him. Moses begins to hear God's voice at 80 years of age. Today, we're talking about 
how the mistakes in life or the, the challenges in life, the, the human condition in life actually in our mistakes can lead us closer to God's voice. But sometimes the time of which we begin to hear God's voice is in the process of understanding. We got to look at these, these issues that Moses walked through and they relate to each one of us. But I want to encourage you that failure is not final unless you forget the grace of God. Failure is not final unless you forget the grace of God. So in many ways, you can make mistakes in life and it's not over for you. And that's good news, right? That's hopeful. That's what the work of the cross is, but it's the grace of God. God's grace is sufficient, meaning God's grace is enough. Your good works aren't enough. Your good attitude is not enough. I want good attitudes, by the way. I tell my kids that all the time. I want good attitude, but it's not enough. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is enough. Remember, so you've been saved for good works, not by good works. I want to be clear on that. Because as we pursue God and want to get to that place where we hear his voice, there's a couple of factors. One, one the first one is like, I'm going to be good enough. And we said, we already determined you're not going to be good enough. Or I'm going to do all these great works for you, God, and that's going to be enough. And by the way, that's not enough. You're not saved by your good works. You're saved for good works, which means good works should be evident in our life, but it's the reverse order. The first thing we need to do is posture our lives where we can begin to hear God's voice, and each one of us wants to. So here's the three things that Moses struggles with, that each one of us struggle with. The three areas that Moses struggled with, that each one of us struggle with, that interestingly enough, get him to the place of hearing God's voice. So how is it that the struggle actually leads us to God's voice? Well, let me tell you the first struggle that all of us face. Number one, pride. Have you heard the expression, pride goes before the fall? Guess what? That's a, that's a scripture verse, by the way. That's Proverbs 16, 18. It says, pride, go, pride goes before destruction, the haughty spirit before the fall. Pride goes before the fall. Look out, world. Here I am. I got something to offer you. I have rights. Don't tell me what to do. New Englanders, we're, we love that one. You know, we're staunch. We're not the ones who went out west. The pansies went out west. We stayed here. We're going to till up this rocky granite soil. <laughs> you know, we are so full of ourselves. <laughs> or how about this, being self-righteous or morally superior if you go there. You know, Moses in his first 40 years, he's raised as a prince, right? in Pharaoh's own home. And uh, he basically was like, don't tell me what to do. He was so upset at the Egyptian who was actually hurting his own people that he had, was like, I'll show you. And he murdered him. That pride inside of him though, like I, I'm over you. I can tell you what to do. Don't tell me what to do. That pride was one of the things that, that were, were, became stumbling blocks for Moses. 
But the interesting thing, it was all part of getting him to where he needed to go. Second part is selfishness. Anybody selfish here? Oh, you actually raised your hands. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell, ask you to. <laughs> but I'll join you in that one. <laughs> it, it's part of us, right? We, we have to fight. We have to resist to become less selfish. And really, it's living without regard for God or others is, is a selfish life. And even when you're living for God, we so much make it about, and again, Kelly really was a great reminder of that. Even our prayers can be very selfish, right? We can say, God, bless my family, bless this, help me with this, help my friend, and realize that in many ways, those can be very selfish prayers. The question is, how often when you meet somebody... Do you think about meeting a need in that person's life or adding something of value to them? Or do you have relationships that extract things from people? You know what I'm talking about? That what's in it for me? Like, I'm only good with this as long as it's something good for me. But what about, how about I'm adding something of value to you and, and to your life? I would think... A selfish living is also this. We live by impulses and immediate gratification. And this, our, I have to say in our culture today, that is probably one of the biggest trip-ups for us. Everything is instant and we need instant gratification. And we are looking for the things immediate that actually create these impulses. Moses did not have very good impulse control. He was not happy with this Egyptian he basically uh, reacted instead of responded. I, I, I remember we talked about this not too long ago. The difference between reacting and responding, right? We, if we really want to make sure that we're not going to get ourselves in a really hot water real fast, take a deep breath, count to 10, make sure that you're responding to a situation, not reacting. Reacting is an impulse, and it usually comes from places that aren't good, <laughs> Moses reacted out of his anger and killed that Egyptian. He reacted to those other Hebrews that are arguing, and, and then he just, his flesh just said, you know what, I got to get out of here. And actually, he ran away. He ran away. I, I want you to ask yourselves right now, how is your impulse control? How is your, do you want immediate gratification? How is your selfishness? Are you able to put your phone down for... 30 seconds, and <laughs> not feel like you need to look at it. Third, deceit. Deceit, this is tricky because it's deceitful, right? I mean, it's, 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 uh, it, it's elusive. So the first one we talked about is our pride. The second one is selfishness. And the third is deceit. And, and living and listening to the lies and covering up your mistakes is the, is the deceit that I'm talking about. There are a lot of voices that are speaking to you, and some of them aren't good voices, and they're not even God's voices. Those are the content, condemning uh, self-talk, right? And then there's other things that we kind of like, we make the mistake, and then we're like, okay, you're not owning it, and you really don't want anybody to know about it, and then you start to bury it. Moses. He thought he could get away from his murderous act, and he takes the Egyptian and 
It's the desert, right? Egypt, and he tries to cover, bury him in sand. We do that so often with our own mistakes. We just try to bury it. I hope nobody sees it. Part of it is we're embarrassed. Part of it is, is we feel the guilt and shame of our, of our actions. And I want to let you know that guilt and shame is part of the deceit because um, it, guilt and shame is different than conviction. Conviction is of the Holy Spirit. Conviction is when God points something out in your life and says, you need to make it right. Different than guilt and shame, which is you're no good. You're lousy. I can't believe you did that again. You're no good for nothing. How could God use you? That is the voice of the enemy. The enemy wants to deceive and he wants to put you down and he wants to, yes, kill, steal, and destroy. But many times he uses these false things, these false words. Begin to listen to those lies of self-doubt and lies of others putting us down. And there is, there's a, there's a fine line between self-doubt and humility. So God visits Moses in this burning bush and tells him that he, a murderer, a scaredy cat who runs into the desert, now just a lowly shepherd, you'd think maybe when he was a prince, God would use him in that way, but now a lowly shepherd, God taps him, says, you're in. I want you to lead my Israelites from captivity into freedom. And then Moses goes, whoa, 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 hold on here. I, I'm slow to speak. I, I'm not a very good talker. And you want me to go to Pharaoh and tell him, let everybody go. Now, I want you to play this out. So most of us know this story, but, but understand this. That if you think that you've done too many things to God not use you, how many people have murdered here? Now, I know there is a murderer here, so don't raise your hand. There is, in truthfulness. But God has set them free. But for most of us, that's not part of our story. And yet God chose to use Moses... A murderer or coward to do probably one of the most significant things in that time in history to lead the Israelites out of captivity across the Red Sea into the desert into the promised land but I, I, I wondered if it was these times of, of these painful places in his life that it took 40 years in the desert to finally prepare him to say, God, I'm willing to hear your voice. Why did it take so long? Was it maybe that he needed to come to a place of humility in his life? After all, the Bible does say that Moses was the most humble man. And in that humility, he began to hear God's voice. And I wonder, I just wonder if, if we realize that our pride, our selfishness, and those deceiving voices are only the things that drive us actually closer to God. Now, we're not saying that, that we need to 
live out those things. It just means that's life. As life goes on and those things happen to us and we think that we're actually running away from God, actually Moses, when he thought he was running from God, he was actually running into his purpose. Think about that for a moment. When you think that you're running away, could it be that you're running into the very place that God needs you to be? The desert, the Midian desert, isn't it interesting? He spent 40 years as a shepherd there, and I also wondered, was it not only preparing him in his heart for humility, but the place that he thought he was running to escape was the very thing, the place that God was using him to train him. Do you realize that that same desert is the very place that Moses needed to know to bring the Israelites into the promised land? See, I think sometimes we look at our desert experiences in life, these places that we feel so distant, like I'm a failure, like I, God can't use me. And you're in the desert place of your life and you realize actually it's a very perfect place because God is teaching you something in your life and he's preparing you to hear his voice. Do, do I think that year one, running into the desert, that he was able to hear God's voice? Maybe the bush was burning back then, year one, but Moses, he wasn't ready to hear the voice of God. Maybe God did want to talk to him in those 40 years, or maybe God was preparing him to know that desert so well that he knew how to bring the Israelites through that desert. I don't know the answer to that. But I do know that, that the thing that brought him into a forward motion beyond running away was the moment in time where he began to hear God's voice and then he said, here am I. Go ahead and use me. Here am I. I'm just a vessel. My failures don't define me. I'm humble by them, actually. And so who am I? Who am I to do anything great? And I think sometimes if he was a prince of Egypt, he might say, yeah, I know who I am. Of course I can do mighty works for you, God. <laughs> After all, I'm the prince of Egypt. Oh, I kind of like that. Prince of Egypt. Maybe I always wanted to be like in a player sometimes, and I just never got the chance. So thank you for indulging me here sometimes. It's in these moments that I want to give us some encouragement of a posture that we need to take. I believe that God is moving. I believe that God is going to be moving very rapidly, but he's going to move through people who are willing to respond to his voice. Because the worst thing he can do is get a bunch of people excited for him and then go off and do crazy things, not listening to his voice. <laughs> Right? The very things that we need to be doing are in alignment to what God is instructing us to do. And as much as you wish, like, oh, we'll just follow the pastor. Pastor, tell us what to do. We'll just do it. And I, I would tell you, no, that's not my job. My job is to point you to Jesus so you can hear his voice, so you can do what he's asking you to do. And I, okay, clap for that, yeah. <laughs> It should be empowering for you because you should be waking up every morning and saying, Jesus, what do you want to say to me? And by the way, so when your selfishness gets in the way and you hear that, that doubting self-talk and when you hear these things, you just say, you know what? It's not defining me. It's not, all it's doing is driving me to my knees to say, you know what, God, 
I'm, it's pushing me closer to you. I know I'm not good enough. I know I'm not going to be righteous enough. I know I'm probably going to make a mistake tomorrow. But Jesus, I'm here for you and you alone. I want to serve you, Jesus. I love there's these few verses. One was, was Job. He had this realization after everything was taken away from his life, but then God like double blessed him in his life. But I think it was that level of humility when we go through those challenging desert times again, there's something that humbles us. But he had this realization. He says, naked I, come in, I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. He understood that he was not going to get so preoccupied with his world that he was going to be preoccupied with praising God and leading other people to a place of praising God. Or this verse in Acts chapter 13, talking about King David, which we'll be getting there in the Kings um, shortly through our, our reading. Now, when David served God's purposes in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. It's not hopeful. <laughs> his body decayed. Guess what? That is going to be our life. But when David served whose purpose? God's purpose. See, we, we've got to shift from, from living a life of bless me, God. I just want to be a Christian because I want the good life. And, and my prayers become bless me, God, bless me, God. I want, I want prosperity. I want joy. I want all these things. To realize that actually we need to shift to have the level of humility to say, God, I want to be used by you for your purpose. I want to be used for you for your purpose, which means if he has a purpose for us, his purpose used through us, birthed through us, moving through us, we probably need to listen to the voice of God. So I want to encourage you because what happens is you hear a message like this and it's like, I... I can't hear God's voice, or I got all of these mistakes, or I've got these challenges, or I've got these failures, or I've got these things, that these pride, this, this, these inner voices of self-doubt, and I've got this deceit thing going on, and I've, I have this selfishness, and God just saying, I'm faithful to work through all of that. I'll get you to where you need to go, but just keep a posture of humility because I do believe it was that posture of humility that allowed Moses to finally hear God's voice. And I think it is the lying voice of deceit. It is the selfishness that drives us away from God. It is our own, our own pride that begins to cloud the voice of God. But instead of that defining you at the moment, realize that God's so faithful to carry you through that, that you don't have to ride that train going around that circle again, that you can get off the train by coming to a place of humility and saying, God, here I am. Broken, with failures, with mistakes, with my humanity, my selfishness, my pride. But I come to my knees in humility and say, God, I want to die knowing that I've served your purposes. I want to live this life knowing I served your purposes. And Jesus, 
in closing, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, I love this. He, he modeled it so well for us. In anguish, knowing that he would go out to the cross, he says these words, not my will, but yours, God, be done. Not my will. Because if it was left to me, my selfishness would say, I don't want to do this. My pride would be like, I don't want them to think they won. I'm, not, I'm God after all. I don't want them to think that they got me. <laughs> Jesus also says, I only do, when he was on earth, I only do what I hear the Father in heaven doing. Could that be our prayer today? Jesus, I, I want to spend the quiet time with you Again, Kelly, those words are so good for us this morning. That we would spend the quiet time with the Lord in humility to say, God, I want to hear your voice and I want to live your purposes, not my own life. Help me lay down my pride. Help me lay down my selfishness. Help me lay down those deceitful voices, the accusing voices. In humility, say, God, my life is for you and for you. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.